What's up, y'all? Welcome to the After Bedtime Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Black American Dad Foundation. Now, if you haven't been here, this is how it works. We travel around the country talking to dads and getting into the hearts, to their minds, of why it is important for them to pursue their dream. We get a little bit of an understanding of the industry that they are pursuing and figuring out how they're balancing being dad and being themselves at the same time. The insight is incredible. The stories are motivating, and hopefully you are as inspired as we are when we walk away from each one of these conversations. Without further ado, here's the episode. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the After Bedtime Podcast. And it looks like we got cheer, cheer, cheer. a house tonight. Uh, we got Drew here. Drew, say what's up to the people. You're, we out here. Halisi's here. Halisi, say what's up to the people. What up? And we have our guest for tonight. The guest for tonight is a man of many talents. Uh, the most recent one is a COVID pickup uh, that he recently has been starting to develop. The cooking, y'all, has been incredible. You're going to hear all about it, hear about it from his IG page so you can see it. Uh, Kwame Crooks, welcome to the After Bedtime Podcast. Kwame Crooks, everybody. <laughs> thank you, everyone. Thanks for allowing me uh, to join, man. This is awesome. <laughs> no, thank you for taking the time, man. So we like to start out the podcast really simple. You tell the people your name, which I know you already just did. Tell the people your location. Uh, you let them know the industry that you are in and what time is bedtime for your kids. All right, so uh, Kwame Crooks. Um, I have about what two kids living in Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona. Well, now Gilbert, um, Arizona. So I'm in the suburbs. Um, the bedtime for my kids that's like usually seven o'clock, but we but the 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 basketball game's on, so we giving them some we give them an extended leash, you know. Um, <laughs> how, old, how old are you? How old are your kids? Uh, seven and three. Okay, my seven. son is seven. So, what are your what are some of the things that you're noticing about your seven year old right now? Um, what am I noticing about this guy? So, right now, he is a basketball junkie. He didn't get it from me, but he's a basketball <laughs> junkie. You know what I mean? He plays ball probably like four days a week for a total of four and a half hours a week. Um, so I actually try not to let him play on the weekends because he just needs to give it a break. Um, you know, and that's about it. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things you kind of notice. I can't come off the top of it right now, but what I have noticed is that I now is a good time for me to start feeding into him, um, feeding into him all of his good traits so that he can carry that forward. Uh, man, I wish I could be as, as complimentary to my seven-year-old as you are, because like, <laughs> what I'm having right now, uh, my son is learning how to trick me. Uh, and I, <laughs> And it like it happened to me uh, the other day, and um, it was it, you know it was something to try to get me to give him money, and okay. uh, and he was like you know dad like uh, he's like can I have like twenty dollars, and I, he was like it's for some stuff for school, and I was like okay uh, that should be I mean I was like yeah like I haven't heard I follow his we have the yeah. parents. <laughs> You know, if you don't have Parent Square or anything like that, it's a, an app that you're able to communicate with the school from. Uh, and I didn't see anything come up for because usually when they need money or something like that for the school, like that's the first line. I was like, I didn't see mm -hmm. anything, right? 
And I noticed that he was asking my mom also for twenty dollars. But he told her something different. He Ooh. told her it was like because his grandma's. He was like, "Oh, it's for this uh, for Roblox, and like I'll be able to get some more games and stuff like that." I was like, <laughs> I was like twenty dollars that you were pressing me about uh, uh, for school?" <laughs> and he was kind of like, he hasn't gotten to the point of like, "How do I counter that?" Like, yeah, he yeah. <laughs> kind of froze. It was like, "Oh, how did he know?" And in my head, I'm just like. You tricked me. Like you lied to me. Like why <laughs> that's all I'm like, oh now I gotta be in this mode with you. Like <laughs> so that's the stage I'm in. But I mean, other than that, the kid's fantastic. I love you, Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> so do you punish him for that or no? Uh oh yeah. I mean, I was like, yeah, uh, there's not gonna be any like screen time, there's not gonna be any of this, like, you know, everything's getting taken away. I'm like, yeah, we're gonna have some harsh. Uh, some harsh lessons here uh, that you're gonna have to experience uh, because of this. But I mean, and that was the thing. I was just like, wow. I was like, man, like I've never experienced that with him before. It's like mm. in a weird way. It was kind of like, okay, I'm seeing how your mind is kind of developing to where you're like learning things. Yeah. Uh, and also at the same time, it's like, man, you're learning things. So I need to be kind of aware. Like, you're learning too much. Learn yeah. Too it's much. like I'm like, I'm like I'm <laughs> too much like figuring out the arts of negotiation at a young age is slightly. <laughs> that I'm proud of, but then also at the same time, uh, I make sure you know who you're targeting <laughs> and nice. what the consequence is. And do better. Do better. <laughs> yeah, that's the best way to do like, you could have done it better. Like if you, <laughs> I would have no issue. Yeah, if you're gonna be a scammer, be smart about it. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> you gotta learn the counters. You gotta be learn the best scammer there is. <laughs> yeah. Get the scammer game to the map. It's not about me. This is not about Drew. This is not about Elise. This is about Kwame. So Kwame, tell us a little bit about yourself and like some of the things that you're passionate about, what your dreams are. Uh, yeah, um, man, dude, that's a tough question because I ask myself that every day. Um, you know, I, I have to say I'm probably still kind of trying to find my passion just to be quite honest. You know, things change as you as you, as you grow. Um, I used to be a really heavy reader. I probably still am, but not nearly as much. I just don't have the time to actually get any reading done. Um, but I used to read a lot of science fiction, fantasy. That's kind of all I still read. But now with the way technology is, I can pretty much watch it. So I'm probably passionate about sci-fi and fantasy, especially when my books become shows on TV. That feels even that feels even better, you know. Um, from a dream perspective, you know, I'm just not one of those guys, man. I'll just be honest with you. You know, a lot of people have these real big, huge dreams and goals that they want to hit. At least they say they do. You know, my big dream and goal is for my family to be okay. You know, um, I'd love to be able to retire one day and you know be around my grandkids when they get older and take care of them and allow my kids to go and have lives and you know if i had to say that my dream my goal like that's it you know i don't need a big mansion you know i don't need i don't want to retire in jamaica or something like that i'll take it <laughs> i'll take it but that's that's just not me man my family is my dream for the most part all yeah. of it well i guess uh, so take take us kind of a little bit through uh a little bit of where that has you has your mindset always been that way or was it more so of like you know i got two kids i got i have a wife like i'm i'm, I'm at this house like it was it always uh you know really the first and foremost is really like my family being taken care of and that's it or, or were there other things in your past that kind of were like well i do want to do this but now that i have this this is the choice this is the decision that i'm making in my life 
Yeah, um, that's a real good question. So, you know, I think my parents, um, my dad was an entrepreneur, is an entrepreneur um, to this day. And so I grew up in that life. So I used to leave school and instead of going home, I'd go to their travel agency, right? So I grew up around that. So I think for a lot of my life, my younger life, I thought I was going to be like an entrepreneur or something like that. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of people glamorize that lifestyle, but um, seeing it with my own two eyes, you know, um, I think it has a lot more negative effects on the family than positive. I was also blessed when they first, when they started the uh, travel agency, um, I had an opportunity to go live with some family out in the country of Jamaica and they were Seventh-day Adventists, right? Um, and they had like four kids. So I used to live with them. I used to see my Uncle Mackie, that's what we call my Uncle Mackie. And, you know, he, to me, he epitomized what um, a family man is, right? Um, work, come home late, you know, he raised already four kids, the way we interacted, you know what I mean? Um, he was already experienced, you know what I mean? So I, I think a lot, I think he left a, la a long, a lasting impression on me. Um, Jesus Christ, you hear that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a part of it. That's a part of it. Let me block this door. <laughs> you gonna lock him out? That's it. It's like, That's smart. You lock him out. Lock him out. His mother's out there, man. He's good. That's, that's dad 101, like, quick. I, yeah, that's, no, I know the trick. You got to lock him out. My son will get, like, wow, these, like, Nerf gun wars. And when I want to stop, he doesn't want to stop. So I have to, like, push him into his room. And then, like, I, I go into, like, a bathroom. I'm going into the bathroom and I, like, lock the door just to, like, get peace. I'm, like, I'm going to sit in here until he forgets about it. That's how he calls out, right? Forget about yeah. it. Yeah, we do, we do the exact same thing. And then earlier I was on a meeting. I was on a call with one of my colleagues. And he's, like, screaming at me to come wipe his butt, like in the middle of my sentence, trying to explain something, like, ah! I'm like, dude, just give me, give me one minute. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I had that experience, right? I had an opportunity to kind of, um, he really kind of, he left a, long, a, la a lasting impression on me from that perspective, but I don't think I realized until later on in life. So a lot of people, I'm sharing this now, most people don't know about me, but um, I actually dropped out of high school. So I dropped out of high school, got my GED, moved to Arizona, um, and you know, I think, I just got to a point where it's just like, dude, I don't think I really want to put that type of energy in. I don't think I really want to put my kids through that. Um, I'm not that passionate about being an entrepreneur to that degree. You know what I mean? Um, and so when I sat back and looked at a lot of the people I grew up with and kind of, not just people I grew up with, the people I were around when I was growing up, his friends, his business partners, his colleagues, the ones I looked up to had, you know, a full-time job, right? Had a nine to five and they were side hustling. You know and they retired right and they did all the things that i want to do so i think from my perspective it's like yo i just need to make money take advantage of all the financial mechanisms that america puts in front of you um and then i can pick up a side hustle and then we just work it that way right and just get us to a point where we're comfortable right money works for you and get comfortable i don't need to be a millionaire i just need to be comfortable mm -hmm. yeah that's real. That's, I, mean, I think that's so important for, for dads to hear. For, yes. For, for, dad, for dads to hear, just kind of going going through that process, trying to, you know, have those goals, have those dreams, but like mm -hmm. really, really kind of just say, stepping back and saying, and, and saying, hey, I want to just build like a, a solid, a solid household. A solid, a solid household can, can, can trickle down into like a solid community. Yeah. And so, and so doing that, I think, I think it's so awesome. And so, Bombi, like that perspective, I, I think is great. And I think it's awesome for, for dads to be able to hear that. And I, I think I'm jumping off of that because it's like, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of finding your peace. 
So mm-hmm. some people are at peace in the chaos of entrepreneurship and some people aren't. And I'm never, uh, everything is black and white. So I love that. But going back to your childhood for a second, when you said you've seen your father kind of grow through it. Did you think you were going to be the two kids and a wife in Arizona person? Or were you like, did you always think you were going to be a family man growing up? Yeah. And then second question, what? how was your introduction to the family? Like, what was it like me and your wife and the kids and like that process a little bit? Yeah, no, I always knew the, the, the one thing I'd say. So to your earlier question, Jeremy, I guess I'd say that I'm living my dream, right? The one thing I'd say I always knew from day one was that I wanted to be, my, be a dad. My dad's many things. Um, but I, even, I was even thinking about it, thinking about him the other day, because me and Halisi, um, we hung out, we went snowboarding, we were talking about dads a lot. And I was like, man, I got to call this dude because I give him a hard time. But, you know, regardless of all his bullshit, you know, he's still my hero. I still love him to death. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I was just like, so I, but I, so I knew I wanted to be a dad. I just knew I was going to be better than he was, that he was bad. He could have been better, but I knew I was going to be better than he was. Um, and so that was, I knew that. And so it, car- carrying that a little bit forward, you know, um, when I moved to Arizona, and to, yes, I didn't want to get out of New York. I knew I wanted to get out of New York. I knew by any means I wanted to get out of New York. I wanted to I wanted to live by a mountain. I wanted to go snowboarding. And two Jamaican parents ain't taking you to go ski, right? So, <laughs> you, know, you know, that's just a movie, right? Um, but I moved to Arizona and, you know, I get my job, first job at University of Phoenix. Um, and I... I literally, you know, my wife now, she's like literally sitting right next to me. She starts day one and she's sitting right next to me. She's actually, we're actually working together to a degree. And, you know, I meet her, she's so prideful. Um, she's beautiful, you know, she carries herself very well, which is just some things that I love, especially coming from a history of debauchery, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I liked it and um, yeah, we just started talking, dude. And, you know, you, as a young man, I think you go through those stages where you're kind of still sowing your royal oats to a degree and you're playing games. But I knew early on, like, yo, I want her to have my kids, right? I knew that. Now, at those in those days, I was completely against the concept of marriage, right? Um, I think I was following my dad in that aspect, right? And she was kind of like, yo, I'm not really into it either. So I was like, all right, perfect. We, we good, right? I don't have to deal with someone beating, like, when are you gonna marry i'm like leave me alone <laughs> you know um yeah so I, I just knew that and she was open for it and so that's what we did and when we started i even told her mother probably earlier on in our relationship well, I, she always reminded me when i told her mother like hey you know when you become a grandmother yada 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 and her mom like almost had a heart attack right <laughs> she's like yo what are you talking about um but as we kind of move forward, you know, we're dating probably, I think maybe six years now at that point um, or something like that. And, you know, I would always tell her like, yo, she's like, are you ready? I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right, I'm going to get off birth control. I'm like, whoa, 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 like, are you ready? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to get off. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> it was a cycle. Finally, I was like, listen, I want kids, but you cannot tell me you're getting off birth control, right? Like it feel like I get anxious and I'm just like, all of this, I'm losing it all right now. And I'm just, when you're just ready- Don't tell me. Don't this tell me shit, happen. just get off, <laughs> right? And that's what she did, she got off. And I remember um, I was taking some classes and I was in a class and um, she calls me, she had something to tell me. And I was like, word, but I'll tell you when you get home. I'm like, oh, hell no, you're telling me right now. And I walked out of class, what's the deal? And she's like, I'm pregnant. I'm like, 
like so happy. I was excited. Um, yeah, man, it was beautiful. Didn't look back since. Wow. That's amazing, man. And yeah. how much, well, now seven years into fatherhood, what's some of the biggest highlights uh, that you have found that have kind of not only just like uh, taught you about yourself, um, but maybe even giving you a different perspective uh, on your relationship with your dad? Um, so, geez, that's heavy, right? Um, there's a lot. You know, I tell new fathers all the time that you learn more about yourself as a father than you ever did. I don't care like how much therapy you went to before or after. I don't care how introspective you say you are, right? Like if you're not learning a lot about yourself as a father, then you're not spending enough time with your kids, yeah. right? Like you're not, you're not doing enough work, you know? Um, it's everything, dude. Like, you know, when I was, when I, I look back, like, you know, and my, my parents, you know, they're, they're from Jamaica, immigrated to this country, you know, for them, they do the best. And I heard a guy say that the best is the bare minimum. Um, and I didn't want to do that for them. And when I look at a lot of the issues that I have, you know, just around my confidence and not understanding how much value I bring to other people, both personally and professionally, and always second guessing it. And I look back and say, hey, no one ever feed, no one ever fed into me in the same way. No one ever fed into me and, and made it a priority or reminder what my skill sets are and what I bring to the table. Um, and so with him, I try to do that. You know, I try to do it all the time. And then I realize a lot of times that I can't really react the same way my parents did with me to him you know he's, a, he's seven years old he doesn't really have much life in this world he doesn't have much context you know like just like we're babies at 19 like he's a real baby you know um and i just think about that so like every morning when we when we go in especially since he's going to school when i drive him to school i always ask him like yo tell me some things you like about yourself you know and i let him run run it off and i always make him end it with you know, that's it for right now. I don't need to tell me what you like about yourself and then say, that's it for now, right? And interestingly enough, it's something we started like three weeks, four weeks ago now. And this week he started adding things that I didn't even think of, right? And then he'd say, that's it for him. I'm like, yo, that's what's up, you know? And just kind of pouring into him a lot around that. That's probably the biggest thing I love and what I'm trying to do that I didn't really, I didn't really get from them. They kind of just say, hey, go figure it out. And I'm like, that's not, that's not cool. <laughs> You know, there is an evolution and I think, and I, you know, I appreciate you speaking about this and, 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 and opening up and talking about it because I can relate to that in, in, in a similar thing. And I'd like for, to hear that obviously from the other guys too, you know, with, uh, there's so much that you learn from your parents, both good and bad. And uh, it's okay to say that. Cause I also say at the same time, you know, there's gonna be so many things that my son is gonna do that's better than me. And he'll look at and be like, you did these things and you said these things or you acted this way. And that's so foolish. That's so, you know, you only can do what you know to do. Uh, but the more you're grounded, the more you reflect, the more you hold yourself accountable uh, to be involved in your kids' lives and, and to have that level of like perspective. Uh, I think that that's the best that you can do uh, for your child. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I just, thinking about like the, the generational aspects of this conversation. And I do hope that truthfully, like you're a better dad than what your dad is. And I also hope that your son is a better mm -hmm. dad, but you will be. And I, cause I think that that is how we all should be, you know? And I think any other way to look at it would kind of be either stagnant or, or regressive uh, mm -hmm. in that respect. But I, you know, obviously like Halisi, like, well, I don't know, like, what do you think? Yeah, but there was one, so Kwame, I want to get your, like get your your insight on this. So like one thing 
and, and I certainly understand like being better than better than my father. <clears throat> and so my my father wasn't present, not like not existed. And so one thing that like I wanted to focus on was just being present, right? If if nothing else, <laughs> not, mm-hmm. not having like not having much, just like just like being present, and that was going to be like my kind of like my my kind of focus. Right. Do you have a yeah. do you have a focus like that? Um, do I have a focus? You know, I think. I never really thought about like the define a, a focus. Um, if I had to say out of focus when it comes to parenting, um, it would be really on making sure that he is confident. He feels confident to the best of my ability, and that he has um, a platform or foundation of confidence to lean on. You know, the world the world's gonna beat you down. You know, like they're going to beat you down directly and indirectly um, and with people, you know, pushing their hurt on you with good intentions, you know, um, and their lack of with good intentions. And I think if I had to focus is that they both have the tools and the cases to remind themselves like, yo, like I'm good, you know, and um, I'm good and I can take on anything. Because it's one thing I'd say for my parents that I got from them and they didn't do it on purpose, but what I got from them was like, yo, there's nothing I can't really take on, right? Can I accomplish it? That's up to me, but I'm not I'm not scared of much. Um, I wanted to talk about that too, because I'm son of like Haitian immigrants. So my parents are Haitian raised. And I feel like there is something to that, having parents that are from another country, raising kids in like America. Um, me personally, I feel like what I ultimately learned was like, I can't blame them like a lot of them were just they were doing the best they can Mm -hmm. i when i was uh 24 i believe i actually went back to haiti see where my mom grew up and it literally put everything in perspective i'm like oh that's why she's not tripping about whether or not i could stay over so-and-so's house on a friday night to go to the bowling alley like the bowling alley for them was like a public lick like you know what i mean like it's no shade or nothing but it's it's a Mm -hmm. different level of life so what about you kind of now not only raising kids of your own in this country but moving away from family and kind of quote unquote doing it on your own what are some things that you are hoping that not that you curses that you break more more importantly but like what are something that you're you're hoping kind of you can change and it doesn't kind of flow through you um i'd have to say you know anger um anger and the wherewithal to deal with your shit, right? And not let that roll down or as you're, to your point, pass through to kind of your kids, you know? Um, I mean, and you being a Haitian immigrant, you know the history of the Caribbean. Um, and when you think about the way they parent, a lot of it is just byproduct of um, generational trauma, right? Um, that they just kind of continue to carry forward. They didn't have the wherewithal or the financial, like therapy, stuff like that. That's that's a privilege, right? That's rich people stuff, right? You actually have the money in your pocket to go ahead and address those. And you can try on your own to your blue in the face. Yeah. Um, it's just not the way that works. So I'd say that, that that's it. And I, I'd really try hard and say, but she's a lot calmer than me. Um, but I, and surprisingly enough, we kind of feed each other on that end, you know, and figure out like, yo, how do we be more patient next time? Let's not react. You know, things that we realize, certain things that they do, especially at age seven, is probably not that serious and reacting makes it worse. And do we want them to flourish and feel confident and learn, or do we want to scare them to death? Yeah, I, 
I, as, as a dad of a seven-year-old, I can completely relate to that. You know, there's that that give and take. You know that I, I, I there's so much in this conversation that I feel like that deals with generational knowledge and, and generational transitions, and uh, what we can take from the past and and and, and propel ourselves off of. Mm-hmm. And you know, while my parents are not immigrants, but uh, you know, they grew up in a time uh, where segregation was mm-hmm. very popular. Uh, so they have their own experiences, their own traumas, their own challenges of things um, that they grew up through. And uh, you know, you you do see, uh, and definitely now as a parent, like these moments, like that my son goes through, it like brings me also back to a time when I was a kid and I'm like, okay, I get it. But now the difference is you were dealing with this from this perspective mm-hmm. and I need to learn from that. And instead of leaning into the fear and to the the iron fist is what I would say. It's like my, yeah. that's my, my dad ruled with an iron fist, like mm-hmm. what he said, it doesn't matter what anybody else said. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, realizing that like there's 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 got to be some flexibility there's got to be some change there's got to be a growth. Cause a lot of that has to deal with the way he grew up you know mm-hmm. uh, the things he experienced and making sure that i'm not instilling that into my son and pairing on those generational uh traumatic but rather trying to utilize that as a way to showcase triumphant moments ways that they that they succeeded and overcame adversity mm-hmm. Uh, do you ever catch yourself trying to like find those moments, uh, uh, Kwame? Every day, <laughs> all the time. And I think I fail more often than um, than I win. I just just be quite we frank, you know. You just yeah. sit there, oh, shit, dude. I could have handled it so much better, like you know. And it's too, and it's too late. I mean, I think the other day, um, I had to. I didn't have to. I did not have to, but I did. You know, I slapped the three year olds, but you know, because you just like acting out, and then. I just felt flipping horrible, you know? And I'm just like, fuck. And I actually just sat down and looked at him and I'm like, yo, I'm sorry. <laughs> because, and I had to stop to the point like, dude, he's three. Like, he's supposed to act like this. You yeah. know, it's 9.30 at night, right? Like, you know, and to your point, your dad led with the iron fist. Like, that's how most Caribbean parents kind of kind of govern their home with an iron fist. And it's like, um, I don't want, I just know like being in corporate America where I'm at right now, you know and i said and i learned that like and this is a generalization but these white kids they don't grow up like that right generally speaking they grow up the world is theirs they talk whatever they want to power truth lies whatever they go after what they want you know what i mean and it's like i sit back and i'm like dude i'm going to rule with an iron fist right and i'm going to scare them you know i don't want them to fear me then how are they going to go out into the world with the confidence to take what they want when they go. want it? And I, I remember my dad was classic. Like we used to make fun of him because like when me and my cousins and stuff used to get around, he would be the stop making all that noise and be quiet. And it's like, dog, it's it's 17 six-year-olds. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what's happening? Like, but it, it, it was so much like, like my dad is the quintessential angry person sitting at like on the stoop and it's like, don't make noise around me. Don't be spoken to. Like kids are supposed to be seen, not heard. Like all of those tropes was 100%. Take those sneakers off. Why are they so loud? <laughs> <laughs> like for real, for real. So it's, it's so, 
it's so it was so intentional for me to have a daughter that I could talk to that I could and mind you I think I might have let her go too much because my daughter speaks like she's a 16 year old and she's a little bit too outspoken but I would rather give her too much rope than not enough just like you were saying like mm -hmm. I feel like it's our job to empower and give our kids confidence and it's not as much as we want to humble them and keep them in like safe and all those things mm -hmm. you know what I mean sometimes we do have to make sure we build them up just as much as we discipline them quote unquote you know and not wait till they get in trouble to build them up you know exactly. I mean, it's kind of too late at that yeah. point they don't believe you yeah, you know, I just started doing this thing with my son uh, where when we talk, I always give him challenges. I always give him something to, to, to focus on. And like, I'll be like, tell me a moment of uh, where you were a leader today. Give me an example of something. Give me an example of a, of a time today where you helped someone. Give me an example today of something that you struggled, that you had a hard time with. And I found that in starting doing that and having these type of conversations with him daily, uh, he's eager now to want to talk about it. He's like, I want to tell you about this today, or I want to tell you about what I was struggling with today. And for me, of course, I love when he hear, I hear him you know, say, he's like, oh, I held the door open for my teacher and I wanted to make sure that she was there. And that's great. And like, he's like, that's helpful. Or he's like, I helped out a kid who was struggling with math because Cohen is really great with math. And uh, he was like, I helped out one of my uh, classmates with math and helped them see something. And those moments really do like are important to me. But I love to hear about the moments that he struggles with. I love to hear about those things because then it's then and, and for him to feel that comfortable with me, I feel like I'm doing my job in creating that comfort level for him to be always be able to come to me um, and, and, and learn and ask questions um, just to get a better understanding of what to do henceforth. I don't know if you guys do anything like that or uh, but I'm opening up that to everybody to see like what, what do you guys think about that or, or if there's anything else that you guys like see that uh, value in something like that or not. I, I think that there's a there's a, a line for because every every kid's different and yeah. I'm realizing like Lynn is very excited to tell me things that she's very excited to tell me and I had when we first when I first picked her up from school it used to be how was your day good what else was it it was okay and I realized like okay there's certain things you don't want to tell me now the way I get her to open up she tells me all the sixth grade drama and who has a crush on who <laughs> <laughs> and how many boys who's crushing on who and how this the girl was on TikTok sending other girl messages and it's like in my mind I'm like come on dad like you guys like none of you guys have real problems like this is like you guys are pretending to be grown like what's happening but if that's the you know conduit that it takes to have her comfortable talking to me about everything yeah. I realize that like okay accepting the question like being willing to talk about the little things makes it easier for them to approach you with the big things Mm -hmm. you know, so although it might not look exactly like that, Jeremy, I just feel like every kid has, maybe your kid just wants to talk about, you know, toys all day. Well, then talk to them about toys all day. And then when they turn 17, they're going to talk to you about their drug problem. Like, I know that's a, that's a jump, but like, it, that's how no, it's it, facts. That's how, yeah, like, that's the trans, yeah. that's the transition of child, like, of fatherhood, I feel like, you know. Yeah, you can't wait till the, you can't wait till the problem starts because all of a sudden start trying to develop that relationship, right? If you don't have that, if you didn't build that pathway to begin with. You know, now you're gonna be struggling, right? You're gonna be stuck there trying to break down branches. And you don't know how thick those are. Yeah, and, and I think that that's the root of everything. That's, that's, that's awesome about. to hear from. Go ahead, go ahead, Lucy. Uh, I was gonna say that's awesome to awesome to hear from you all because my because mine can't talk yet. So. <laughs> yeah, you, you gotta do it. Watch out. Yeah, yeah. Watch out so, for the swindles. 
That's what I'll tell you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell, you, I'm gonna tell you the biggest lie they told me with the newborn baby was like, I can't wait for like my baby to crawl. No, you can wait. Like <laughs> when they they're still in one, you could turn around, come back to the bathroom, and they're still in one spot. Like that's never gonna happen again. Easy. Never gonna be like that. Newborn babies are easy. Yes. <laughs> just just burp, feed, shit, and sleep. That's all they do. I love that. <laughs> Palmy, you, no, said, you said something I'm, earlier. Right. Uh, yeah. you said something earlier um, about about Nas playing basketball and and really kind of pointing out right. He's playing playing four four days four days a week, and then on the weekend you got to tell him to chill. Yeah. Um, where is that balance? So you're having that encouragement there, and then and then trying to tell him, hey, just relax. How do you spot that? Um, and, and like and like, how do you how do you talk to him about that? I mean, I don't know if I I don't know if to say I spot it right. Um, what I'd say is, I never had, I was, I've never been passionate about anything like he's, like he is about what he seems to be like about basketball, right? And I'm saying seems because he's passionate about it now. He's seven years old. Um, they have a short attention span, right? Last week was Beyblades. This week is Pokemon, right? Um, so, but it's something that he has kind of stuck with, and we rewarded. Like he doesn't usually watch TV during the week, but Saba likes watching basketball games, so she wants to watch it so that he loves that she wants she wants to watch it because he has an excuse to watch tv that's how they are they'll just watch tv just to watch tv right um and so that's what he loves now he likes it so you know so that i wouldn't say i spot it per se i'm more concerned that i'd like to see him carry it as far as it can go um and i'm worried that if he does it so much that he's gonna get burned out and just not like it as much and he's gonna move on to something else so previously we used to have him do like um we had him in like what they call i9 which is like a two day a week it wasn't even two days with the parents that practice once a week game on a saturday type flex parent coaching type situation um and he really liked it he loved being on a team he loved playing um, but he would drag me out on the weekends or in the morning. So we'd get up and we'd go to the park and we'd play ball. And I don't know nothing about ball. So I'm looking on YouTube trying to be like, yo, what are the drills I'm supposed to be doing right now? You know, I was like, all right, I'll try this, this, all right, cool. And that, that's how we kind of running it, right? Um, but he actually started getting better. So I was like, all right, well, we got to level you up because this parent coaching thing where the coach never really played basketball isn't going to work. So we got him into something a little bit more um, structured, which was a three days a week. But that's hard because now he's at first grade. So at that point, it's just like, dude, I can't, we're, we're having a hard time balancing work and dealing with that. Um, and then now you want to play on Mondays at your school program. You know, if you're doing four and a half hours a week already, then coming home late to do homework before your usual bedtime, maybe you should just kind of chill out. I don't know if it's the right thing to do, full transparency, but you know, I do, now that he's doing so much after school and he has chess on Friday afternoons, I just let him watch TV. And if he doesn't want to play basketball on the weekend, I'm perfectly fine. Because three hours a week is, you know, you want a Kobe Bryant like type of training measurement, at least on your way anyway. So I'm like, I'm gonna just let you, let you ride, dude. I mean, I, I think I love the fact that you're just like, I mean, I don't know if it's the right answer, but it's what I'm doing. I think that that's so much of at least how I feel as well. It's like I try my best to just I'm just trying my best and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to put my best foot forward. I might be wrong. I might not be. I don't know. We'll find out. I just don't want to be one of those parents. You know what I mean? Like we all heard those parents that like. You know they're trying to live vicariously through their kid yeah, you know, yeah. And they're pounding it in like i just wanted i just want it to be fun for him as long as he's having fun all right i want you to have fun as long as possible if you're having fun I, hopefully i ain't got to pay for college 
Yeah. That's 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 the secret goal. <laughs> and yeah, it's like, oh, this is a nice little benefit too. That this takes yeah. There you go. You can start them out early with those uh, name, image, and likeness things since now they got that in the NCAA where they can make some money. So that'd be great. Like the way you think, brother. <laughs> I like the way you think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're we're gonna we're coming down to the end. We've been talking. Uh, I mean, I feel like this has more been a, a round table, which has been nice. Uh, this is not necessarily the traditional structure of the after bedtime podcast, but I'm seeing that this is something that's been really cool. Uh, hey, change of pace, but I feel like it worked. Yeah, it, it, it works. Um, why? I guess. What do you think is the most important lesson? that you can teach your kids up to year seven right now? Man, I'm not educated enough to answer that question. <laughs> Discipline. I like that. Discipline. Um, yes. All right, someone told me one time, um, I think it was a doctor, we had a really good pediatrician before you retired. He said, if you don't have, um, if you don't have them, if you don't give them discipline by the age, th by age three, it's pretty much a wrap. You're gonna have a much harder, you know, have much, a much harder job at it going forward. Um, and so I really took that to heart and we carried forward to this very day. Um, and I don't know if I'm doing that great a job at it, to be quite frank, um, but I know that there are some, some little things and little things matter that he has to do every day that I'm trying to just instill in him. And to your point, when you're talking about earlier, some things that you do um, in terms of feeding into your child and getting them to talk, you know, I kind of outlined some of the part of our conversation, but in that conversation, we always talked about leadership too as well. I ask them every single day, just doing the same thing every single day. Talk to me about leadership. Talk to me about failure. Talk to me about how many times if you fall six times, how many times you get up. You know, give me an example. I started doing that lately. Give me an example of a leader. And we had a conversation today where we didn't even get through the whole thing because I needed to understand that being a leader isn't just about not copying people, you know? Um, and so that discipline of doing these little things, it's not, you don't have to do this big thing. You don't have to do this thing where you teach them to play basketball and be the next, you know, Kobe or Michael Jordan, but just little things every single day, even if it's the same little things every single day, just between you and your child, um, will start to instill that discipline that they can carry forward. Yeah, I, th I think if there was one thing, discipline is definitely a really good one. Um, love if that makes i I, mm -hmm. I think that that's something that i try to make sure that my son knows what true love genuine love is and genuine love doesn't uh hold back genuine love doesn't uh genuine love is honest genuine love is trust genuine love is comfort uh genuine love is uh the, the mechanism for your passions, for your dreams, for your ambition. Uh, I try to teach him what love is so that he can kind of explore things that he loves. And then also so that when he sees me, when he's interacting with me, I'm also embodying all of those things at dad. And so he can see also like my dad is love. My dad, my dad is that version of love for me. Uh, so I feel like for me, like that's, that's something like on top of discipline, which I think is like, mm -hmm. yes, like that's 100% like something that I think I try to teach him lessons of love and, and how that looks in different ways, even when he's in trouble, uh, you know, good and the bad side of it. Right. Cause we know that love also has the bad side. It's not always the hugs and the kisses mm -hmm. uh, that come 
that. It's it's there's so much more that, that encompasses love, and uh, I just try my best to, to embody that. What about what about you, Drew? What do you think? Um, I was thinking. Um, that's a that's a hard one to like nail down. My gut is telling me like responsibility, but it's less about like making your room and cleaning, you know, making your room and making sure that, you know, you clean the dishes and it's more so doing what you're supposed to do. Um, I have a very honest conversation with my daughter, like, yo, as of right now, you don't have to worry about school. You don't have to worry about like clothes. You don't have to worry about nothing. All you have to do is worry about learning. Like just learn, have fun, explore, become who you want to become. That's your job right now. Then when you get older, your job's going to be this. And when you get older, your job is going to be that. And just showing her that like, life progresses like whatever you want to do in life is 100% up to you but it's your responsibility to make it happen so every from every from an example of like she was mad she wasn't on an honor roll we started studying we started changing our regimen she got on an honor roll she wasn't she didn't want to she wanted to change her position at soccer I was like all right if you want to do that it's going to require a little bit more effort let's go practice it now she got that position and just kind of showing her that like life isn't about any one black or white issue it's about how much effort and responsibility you're willing to put into something and ultimately bring it to fruition so i guess that's responsibility it can kind of be called manifestation but just that work ethic of like applying yourself towards something that you choose to do something that you say you want mm, yeah that's what i mean that's a powerful lesson because it's like i feel like i'm 32 and that that lesson applies at every stage of life. Exactly. So discipline also applies at every stage of life. And I think that that's, it's not necessarily, you know, for the dads that are listening, it's not necessarily one way. It's not necessarily one answer. It's a comprehensive review of, you know, these diverse perspectives and ranges of things that hopefully you're able to draw from and, and take away and see you know and start to ask these questions to yourself you know i think that that's ultimately um what i think each of us would want um uh and what each of us would do is like you know always always asking these questions you know like what does this look like for me you know and i hear these from you guys who i respect as men who i respect as fathers um and it's something that you know hearing these things i'm like man like these are definitely ways that i can now look at myself as as a dad and how am I implying responsibility into my son? How am I implying you know discipline into my son? Um, on top of what I see, so I'm, I'm you know I'm grateful and appreciate for this. And I know Halisi, you only got a few month old, but what's the, what's the lesson that that you have felt like you know like for those new dads out there? Halisi is the great one to be able to talk to about this. How old is your daughter now? She is ten months right now. Ten months. Let's hear it. Ten months. <laughs> yeah, nice. Sleeping through the night. That's, yeah, that's a blessing. That's the blessing, bro. Is she walking? Ten months. Uh, she's she's taking taking steps, falling over. I mean, she might okay. for about three seconds at a time. Okay. So we're, we're encouraged that. We're encouraged that she's like, uh, like we'll just be like bravo, and she gets this big smile on her face, and then she starts clapping for herself. So that so that is awesome. That is awesome. I, I mean, you guys mentioned like that, like. Uh, like three excellent, excellent ones. I mean, the only one that I kind of just throw out there is just to be, just to be compassionate for others. Um, I mean, just for just for other people's individual situation, you know, the the life that she's gonna like, like she grows up in. Um, 
you still want to make sure that you have you have compassion for others. So trying to make I'll probably try to make sure that, that that is instilled in her as well. You know, when you think when you think about compassion, what what, what about Imani? What about Imani made you think about compassion? Um, I, I guess just the, the 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 world that we live in sometimes, the world that we live in, <laughs> oftentimes. Um, and you know, it, individuals are gonna have their own their own difficulties, go through their own traumas, trials, and tribulations. Um, and so to 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 still understand that they're going they're gonna be going through their own hurdles. Um, she's gonna be going through through, through her through her own hurdles. Um, and so can't be so quick to pass judgment on, on, on other people. Um, and so just trying to make sure that that is, that is going to, that is in place. Yeah. This, this is, is dope. We need, we need to do more of this. I, yeah. Like we need to do more just talking about being a dad. Cause I feel like we don't, I don't know me being a dad. I was like one out of like four people I knew none of them were really close to me. So for the first couple of years of my life, I felt on the Island. And I think coming to bed and linking up with Jeremy and kind of, that's when I really started feeling comfortable with having these conversations. So I, I love this, man. And although all our kids are different ages and we're in different situations, maritally wise, like all these different things, I feel like I've learned something from each and every one of you. So I appreciate you, Black man. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely, I did all that. Go ahead, Jeremy. No, yeah, I was gonna say, it was like, the, like, this is not the traditional model of what we thought of with the After Bedtime podcast, but I definitely see that this is something that is so valuable because it provides an opportunity. And I think it also attributes to the type of men that are here, right? The people that that, that aspire to be better, that, that want to change, that want to grow. Uh, and I think that that's, when you have that type of atmosphere, it's it's almost uh, parallel with grow with the, the with the type of conversation that you're going to have. If you are a driven, ambitious, uh, you know, caring, uh, grounded individual, uh, you are naturally going to look for resources to uh, help you out, be the best version of yourself, and be the best version of yourself for your kids, uh, and. I'm, I, I think that this is a great, great opportunity for that. And this, this type of style is definitely something that, you know, we might have to have like another podcast, the Bad 101 podcast that we always talk about, Drew. It might be time to start to roll that up. And maybe it's a collaboration of Kwame, Alisi, and Andrew, and Jeremy. And we're bringing on other dads now. We're just all uh, taking this week by week to really figure out and at least be able to vent out our frustrations at the bare minimum. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I'll definitely take it. Absolutely. Uh, I'm honored that you guys brought me on, so I appreciate it. And, you know, I always learn a lot from from Elise whenever I talk to him, dude. You know, and so it's good to know that, you know, Jeremy, you've got some insight I can I can take. And I took a couple of notes from what you said and you do what you're said to as well in terms of, you know, talking to him and getting him to talk to you about the struggles and really honing, honing in on that. Um, yeah. So I think I focus more on trying to do that within basketball, and which I don't like. So I probably need to figure out a better way to get that outside of sports and get that out of him from school where he spends most of his time. So this is invaluable. Yeah. You know, honestly, too, like if there is something that I, that, because I had a similar thing, it's like it's just difficult always to like get people to open up in general, you know, let alone mm-hmm. like kids, let alone men. Uh, I also talk to him about my struggles. I also, on the other side of it, I'm like, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm having a hard time with. This is some of the things that I'm focusing on that I'm, that I'm, I'm still trying to figure out. And 
I ask him, I'm like, what do you think? Like, you know, he might not even have an answer for it, but it makes him feel like my dad really values my opinion. Mm -hmm. He values what I have to say. And if I can get him to at least understand that I value what you say, then I have a better shot of him speaking to me about something now, five years from now, 10 years from now, that I might really need to talk to him about before he makes a decision that could alter his life or change his life. And that's what I always think about is like trying to find the, the, the base of it that I can build from to make sure that I'm all, I'm at the right place at the right time for him. Um, and then once he's, you know, out, then like I've given him everything. And maybe that helps too. It's like also talk, don't be talk to them about your struggles and like what you go through. Um, and I think that that would be something that'd be important. Yeah, that's a fact. I like that. That's scary shit, but yes. <laughs> I'm getting anxiety thinking about it. Like, super <laughs> scary. You know, I'm mean, glad, glad you said it. I was like, whoa. That's real growth, right? I think that's real, yeah. that's real courage to me. It's like, you know, if you're able to point out your flaws and point out your, your, uh, where you struggle, uh, I, I think that that, makes it more of a focus in your life to want to be able to overcome it but also for your kids to be able to be like you know if, if he's acknowledging these things then i need to acknowledge my thing it's okay for me to acknowledge my problems it's okay for me to say what's wrong because some kids grow up thinking that it's not okay right and mm -hmm. you know if, if, that being candid right like as a as a as a black man my dad never talked about his problems my dad fought through a lot of stuff achieved a lot of stuff but also carried a lot of shit with him along the way that he probably should have talked to somebody about, probably should have released about, but because of the way society was constructed, he never did, right? So I, and I see how that impacts him in different ways. And again, just going back to this generational conversation and seeing what can we do to make a difference? What can we do to take that next step, the evolution? Uh, I, that's the challenge that I face. It's like, be more open with yourself, be more open with your kids, be more candid, be more, uh, transparent uh about them and start young uh and i think you'd be surprised at how well they can receive that and how much they will you know grow closer to you and how much they respect you for that mm -hmm. yeah that that's that's brave but i, I see the value in it I, I think you know i don't think i don't think and just correct me if i'm wrong i don't think you're necessarily saying that you give them the whole shebang you know nah, nah, nah. age appropriate yeah um, of course of course. i think, I think but yeah. even even that is like it's a little scary because i'm sitting here thinking about it i'm like man but if this can i curse yeah <laughs> it's like yo but if this little nigga right here come and get up in like grown folk business on the wrong day i'm gonna have to shut his shit down <laughs> you know because his, his chest get a little big but 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 I'm also saying, and I said earlier, I kind of want to encourage his ability to talk truth to power or his truth to power. So if I'm going to embody that, you know, I've got to be willing to open up. And, you know, kids say, there's the reason why they have a show called Kids Say the Darnest Things, because they, they tell the truth that we kind of under, underestimate them for. Yeah. Yeah. That's I think I just, you know, I, of course, like I, 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 present, I prevent, present it in a way that is not necessarily uh, ir irresponsible 
Mm-hmm. I, I would never like encourage, you know, like, you know, I, you know, I, you know, struggle with a drug issue or, you know, yeah, I think yeah. like, <laughs> I, I, what I like an example would be like, uh, I, I can be at times like, I think too hard on myself and if I'll have an audition and if I, I will leave the room of the audition and I will be rerunning the audition over and over again in my head. And I'll think about these moments that I despise and that I hate. And it'll bring me to such a like frustrated level that I'm like mad at everything now. Now everything's bad. Or even something with like the nonprofit or something like that, just being open and honest. And when I talk to him about it, I'm like, you know, I'm having a hard time. It's like, this is something that I love. This is something that I really care about. And I noticed that when I get really frustrated, uh, I do these things. And I've learned that that's not something that's okay. Like you can't, you can't give down on yourself even more. You got to find a way to get back up. And I'm, I've struggled with that. Like, what do you think about like, like me, like getting down on myself? And then he'll tell me, he's like, you can't be down on yourself, daddy. You got to be strong. You got to be in, com- you got to be confident. And like, you know, and it's everything it, you want him to do, right? Yeah, ex- exactly. And, and it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm giving him the keys so that he knows, like, you're saying this to me. So you don't like, I never had those type of conversations with my dad. Yeah. So I'm interested to see like how that will grow with him as he gets older um, and how he approaches things, right? Like if he's like, wait a second, like my dad did this and I do something like, I know that this isn't right. I'm not gonna do that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna figure out another way. Then for me, I'm like, I did my job and it was in an unconventional way, but and maybe that sometimes is where that evolution comes from. Maybe we shouldn't always look at, you know, fatherhood is this cookie cutter way which i know we all don't and we all we say like everything is so different but it really isn't a cookie cutter way and i think that the more you examine the more you explore the more you try things um i think you're going to get a better uh view and uh, of uh, with the best way forward mm-hmm. radical vulnerability i get it yeah. i like it so now that that's been said, uh, Andrew, your first steps. Tell us about your flaws, what things that you don't like. Uh, I'm just <laughs> In the beginning, I uh, used to. Um, say... <laughs> well, we don't no. want to take up too much more of your time. Kwame, uh, man, shout yourself out. Tell people where they can find out, where they can see more information from you. If they got more questions, if they want to be able to reach out to you, if they want to find out about the barbecuing and the cooking and things like that, uh, let the people know this is your world to be able to talk about yourself. Oh, well, appreciate it. Um, so yeah, I mean, you can always um, hit me up on Instagram. That's kind of the best way to reach out to me. Uh, Sir Crooks. Literally, that's the whole thing. Sir Crooks um, on Instagram. And um, yeah, just DM me, man. If you didn't, I'm always happy to give a lending, give a, some happy advice, take advice, perspective. Um, you know, I smoke. So if you have a recipe for me, throw it at me. Um, yeah. Smokes food, uh, y'all. Like, smoke food, yeah. Smoke food. Yeah, yeah, like, food. You know, that could have went. That could have went a separate, several yeah, different I ways. I don't smoke I, anymore. I smoke food and eat food. That's it. <laughs> Mad stoners in your DMs talking about, hey, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> I, got the, I, got the, I got that loud. Got that awesome. Exactly. Like, so what's popping? Uh, we coming to your house, right? You said you smoke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thank you guys so much for taking the time. Thank you guys again for listening to a unique, but definitely very cool, uh, very interesting conversation uh, for the After Bedtime Podcast. Look out for more of these soon, y'all. Uh, I'm Jeremy. I'm Drew. Let them know who I'm you are. There you go. There you go. And we are out. 
Thank you guys. Tune in for next week for another great Black American Dad. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of After Bedtime Podcast. Uh, We appreciate you at the Black American Dad Foundation for taking the time to listen to some amazing dads and their dreams. If you have any questions, you have a dad in mind that wants to join the show, you want to learn more about the Black American Dad Foundation, email us at blackamericandad at gmail.com and subject line it with After Bedtime and then just go into a little bit more of what you want to know. Other than that, thank you guys so much. Follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, at Black American Dad for the updates on the latest episodes. Have a good night.